Hello, I'm DG Linton Gridley, founder and CEO of Aging with Grace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Aging with Grace podcast episode titled, Be a Senior Superhero. Being a senior superhero has nothing to do with wearing a costume and a cape. I hope I have piqued your interest with this title because what I'm going to share is here is very, very important to your well-being. My mission in life, now that I am in the second half of my life, is to be a mentor to people who are growing older. My goal is to help you to be a superhero by giving you knowledge because knowledge is power. I am here to share knowledge with you. The first half of my life was spent helping children have better health and quality of life. And now in the second half of my life, I want to help people who are in the second half of their life to have not just better health and quality of life, but their best health and quality of life. I want the last half of our lives to be even better than the first. But it takes knowledge for you to have the best health and quality of life as you get older. I have been studying aging and health as a hobby all my life. As far back as I can remember, I was interested in the process of aging. I have been listening and collecting and learning information on the topic of aging as far back as I can remember. So, I want to help you to conquer your enemy. Your enemy is not the aging we are all experiencing. Your enemy is our culture here in the U.S. surrounding aging. Your enemy is the prevailing negative attitude in our culture about getting older. Your enemy is the stereotyping, the prejudice, the discrimination about older people. Your enemy is ageism. The definition of ageism is prejudice or discrimination on the grounds of a person's age. (laughs) That phrase, I have seen the enemy and they are us, comes to mind. Remember the Pogo comic strip? I searched for how the saying, we have met the enemy and they are us, and found this. Walt Kelly's funny animal comic strip Pogo provided a surprising but effective setting for his incisive political satire. He borrowed and parodied a phrase from the War of 1812. During the War of 1812, the United States Navy defeated the British Navy in the Battle of Lake Erie. Master Commandant Oliver Perry wrote to Major General William Henry Harrison, We have met the enemy and they are ours. Kelly's parody of this famous battle report perfectly summarizes mankind's tendency to create our own problems. In this case, we have only ourselves to blame for the pollution and destruction of our environment. Kelly coined the phrase for an anti-pollution Earth Day poster in 1970 and used it again in a special comic strip created for Earth Day in 1971. The saying caught the collective imagination of the public and is still used today. Isn't that interesting? That's the end of that little article. I thought it was interesting, but then I'm a history buff and a comic strip and cartoon lover. I hope you thought it was interesting. Anyway, the comic strip creator, Walt Kelly, used the saying to talk about pollution. However, I am not talking about pollution here. I am talking about ageism. Our enemy is ageism. We have met the enemy and he is us, describes what is happening with us baby boomers because we saw older people as the enemy when we were younger. I remember hearing, don't trust anyone over 30. Did you ever wonder where that phrase came from? I found this information in Wikipedia. 
Free speech movement leader Mario Savio later stated that Jack Weinberg was the free speech movement's key tactician. Historian W.J. Rohrenbaugh calls Weinberg one of the most effective civil rights organizers and the strategist behind the free speech movement. An Oakland Tribune photo from early January 1965 shows Weinberg speaking alongside Savio to a large campus crowd. Weinberg is credited with the phrase, don't trust anyone over 30. The saying exists in several variants, such as never trust anybody over 30. It has been wrongly attributed to Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, the Beatles, and others. Weinberg used the phrase during a November 1964 interview about the free speech movement with a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. Weinberg later describes, described the incident as follows. I was being interviewed by a newspaper reporter, and he was making me very angry. It seemed to me his questions were implying that we were being directed behind the scenes by communists or some other sinister group. I told him we had a saying in the movement that we don't trust anybody over 30. It was a way of telling the guy to back off that nobody was pulling our strings. On November 15, 1964, the Chronicle printed the story quoting Weinberg as saying, we have a saying in the movement that you can't trust anybody over 30. A Chronicle columnist, Ralph J. Gleason, highlighted the saying in his column on November 18th. The saying then went viral, becoming a favorite for reporters and columnists wishing to ridicule the young, the new left, or the hippie-yippie movement. That annoying That annoyed Weinberg, who has said, I've done some things in my life I think are very important, and my one sentence in history turns out to be something I said off the top of my head, which became completely distorted and misunderstood. But I've become more accepting of fate as I get older. And that's the end of that article. The guy that made that quote, Weinberg, is in his 80s now. (laughs) All of that was just to illustrate the fact that we were prejudiced against older people when we were younger, but now that we are the older people, we are we still prejudiced against ourselves? I know some people are. I've seen it in action. I've seen more than one older person walk into a room full of older people and say, and they say, I don't want to be in here. It's full of old people. <laughs> I've seen that happen over and over. I'm amazed at how some people aren't in touch with reality. They think everybody else is getting older except them. Don't they ever look in a mirror? (laughs) We must always seek truth and knowledge to have the best health and quality of life as we are getting older. I'm not a psychologist, but I read this and I think it will interest you, so I will share it here. Remember, my purpose here is to be your mentor, to give you knowledge, to give you the power to overcome the enemy of ageism. Remember, knowledge is power. In my research for this podcast, I came across this slideshow about the stages of prejudice. I learned about antilocution. I had never heard that word before. It means speaking against. American psychologist Gordon Alport coined this term in his 1954 book, The Nature of Prejudice. Antilocution is the first point on Allport's scale, which can be used to measure the degree of bias or prejudice in a society. Allport's stages of prejudice are antilocution, 
then avoidance, then discrimination, then physical attack, and then extermination. Listen to this and think about how it applies to how you think about older people. It is titled The Five Stages of Prejudice. Antilocution stage literally means speaking against, expressing negative feelings for others by speaking against them, includes cliché expressions and ethnic jokes and ageism jokes, etc. Result, reinforces prejudices and it dehumanizes people. The next stage is avoidance, and it involves deliberately avoiding the presence or company of the disliked group. Examples, not sitting next to an out group member on public transportation or crossing the street to avoid such a person, and the result is it dehumanizes others. The next stage is discrimination, and it consists of harmful actions against disliked persons that deny their equality and fundamental human rights. Includes exclusion from jobs, neighborhoods, churches, schools, recreation opportunities. And the result is that it dehumanizes, it actively harms, and it denies basic human rights. The next stage is physical attack, and it involves violence, hate crimes, It includes desecrating graveyards, painting swastikas on synagogues, rape, gay bashing, racial and gang violence in neighborhoods, and the result is it dehumanizes and actively harms persons and property. And the last stage is extermination, the ultimate form of prejudice, eliminating the undesirable individual or group includes assassination, lynching, massacre, terrorist bombing, ethnic cleansing, and the result is ultimate dehumanization, the death of individuals, and genocide. And then he has a little slide about the psychology of prejudice, which involves lazy thinking, scapegoats, so it's a means of dealing with negative emotions and denial for the people who are prejudiced against others, it feeds their need for superiority, and it pays in terms of power and money. And the next slide is the origins of prejudice, and it says that home and home is the primary school, in quotation marks, for learning prejudice, parents, schools, neighbor neighborhoods, and churches. And sexism predisposes one to a hierarchical worldview, power, superior, and inferior. I thought it interesting that this slideshow did not mention stereotyping. I have heard that stereotyping is the beginning of the process, which leads to prejudice, and prejudice leads to discrimination. In my research for this podcast, I found a book that examines the process in detail. It is titled, Handbook of Prejudice, Stereotyping, and Discrimination, Second Edition, and the author is Todd D. Nelson. And here's a description of the book. This handbook is a comprehensive and scholarly overview of the latest research on prejudice, stereotyping, and discrimination. The second edition provides a full update of its highly successful predecessor and features new material on key issues such as political activism, economic polarization, 
minority stress, same-sex marriage laws, dehumanization, and mental health stigma, in addition to a timely update on how victims respond to discrimination and additional coverage of gender and race. All chapters are written by eminent researchers who explore topics by presenting an overview of current research and, where appropriate, developing new theory, models, or scales. The volume is clearly structured with a broad section on cognitive, affective, and neurological processes, and there is inclusion of studies on prejudice, of prejudice based on race, sex, age, sexual orientation, and weight. A concluding section explores the issues involved in reducing prejudice. The handbook is an essential resource for students, instructors, and researchers in social and personality psychology, and an invaluable reference for academics and professionals in sociology, communication studies, gerontology, nursing, medicine, as well as government and policymakers and social service agencies. Wow. That all sounds interesting and useful. I think I will read that book so I can have more power, more knowledge to help you fight the enemy of ageism. After I read the book, I can do another podcast to help you fight ageism. Ageism is the enemy because ageism is when one has stereotypes of what it is to be older. One has a mental picture of what an older person looks like, acts like, what an older person talks like, where they live what an older person's political and religious views are, what an older person spends money on, etc., what an older person dresses like, smells like. (laughs) Come on, admit it. You have had these thoughts to one degree or another. Stereotyping is harmless enough. We all do it. It is part of the human condition and helps us manage and interact with our environment. But next comes prejudice, which is not so harmless. Prejudice is the next stage, the next step in ageism. Prejudice is when we use the stereotypes we have formed in our minds to help us make decisions. We ri- we literally prejudge a person. Not good. Prejudging people according to the imaginary stereotypes we have in our head is not treating a person like a person, like an individual. The psychologists call it dehumanizing. I always picture the Dr. Seuss children's book called Horton Hears a Who as a good illustration of what happens when people aren't valued. If you haven't read it, you should. It's a classic. In a nutshell, it tells the story of an entire society so small that they live on a planet the size of a flower. Their life on the tiny planet is just like ours, only tinier. But no one in Horton's community, his big creature community, valued the little people, the little creature community, because they could not hear them, and Horton's community wanted to destroy the flower planet because no one could hear them, and they thought Horton was crazy. But Horton the elephant heard them with his big ears. Ultimately, the tiny community made themselves heard to Horton's big community, and they were allowed to live. A person is a person no matter how small. No matter how small they are, they are important. They have a voice. They have something to say. You may have to strain to hear it, but their voice deserves to be heard. This story is a good good metaphor for older people in our society. 
here in the USA. Oftentimes, older people lose their voice, so to speak, if not literally, then figuratively, because they may not have power and money as they did when they were younger. Money and power are what makes people stand up and take notice in our culture. But of course, just because someone does not have money or power does not mean they do not have value and worth. If that was true, then all mothers and children would be worthless, and we know that is not true. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, after all, and children are our future. Teachers, nurses, and all related fields are vital and valuable to our culture, and yet they don't have much money or power either. Athletes, actors, and politicians have all the money and power. Go figure. But just because it is our culture does not mean we are forced to adopt all to adopt our culture's values as our own and act the way our culture dictates. We can get true knowledge that is separate from our culture, and from our knowledge, we get the power to think independently of our culture and make counterculture decisions and actions. Don't let your culture define you. The next part of ageism is discrimination. The discrimination is the worst because that is when all the stereotypes and prejudices lead to actions that harm the person being discriminated against. Have you been discriminated against because of your age? Have you been forced to retire? Have you been forced to move into a senior living community by your family? Yes, family members are often the worst offenders and that hurts even more. Have you been embarrassed because of something someone said about your age? Age discrimination and ageism in all its forms is not okay. You will have to be like a superhero to overcome it. Just know, and here's some of the knowledge's power part, that if you don't overcome the stereotyping and the prejudice about age in your own mind, you are doomed to succumb to our culture stereotypes and prejudices and discrimination about age. In other words, you will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. For example, if you think older people are supposed to retire at a certain age and then crawl into a recliner after retirement and watch television or play with your phone all day, then you will do that and you will rot there. Inactivity is a killer. Conversely, if you believe getting older is a precious and valuable time period in your life, a period when you have time to travel and explore and or create and or pursue hobbies and interests and cultivate relationships, then you will do that and live your best life in your older years. Personally, I have always looked forward to getting older because I knew that having grandchildren would be more fun than raising my own children. I knew that I could risk starting a business in my older years that I always longed to start since I was about 20, but I didn't because I valued giving my children a secure childhood more than I valued my own desire to start a business. I knew starting a business is risky business and requires a 24-7 365 effort, especially in the beginning. I looked forward to getting older because of the reduced stress and the freedom of having more time. I knew getting older did not mean disability and misery necessarily. I don't fear disability, though. I fear the culture of ageism in America. It is the culture that influences the attitude of the people who will be caring for me if I become disabled. Will they treat me like a human or a stereotype? Will they treat me the way they would like to be treated? Will they treat me like a human being in the manner in which they would like to be treated when they're older? Will they realize that they will be older someday? You may be wondering the same things. I wonder if people in cultures like Japan 
that value and revere older people have to wonder how they will be treated. I doubt it, because they know that the cultural norm is to treat older people well, not in this culture. If you want to be treated well in this culture when you get older, especially if you're disabled in the USA, you need to work hard now to change it. You are going to have to kick your own butt. It is not going to be easy to be a superhero fighting the enemy of ageism. You aren't going to get much help from the media or the government. I'm amazed you're hearing it here. I'm just one little podcaster in my tiny little corner of the world. But I understand if you don't want to fight ageism or if you think you aren't able to be a senior superhero. You may be sick and tired because you haven't taken care of your health all your life. Or you may be sick and tired because you have an inherited or lifestyle disease. But even if you are sick and tired, even if you are blind or can't hear, even if you can't walk anymore, even if you can't control your bowel and bladder anymore, you can write. If you can't write, you can dictate. If you can't write or dictate, there are technologies available to help you. You might have to fight to get those too. Some things are worth fighting for. I want you to use your knowledge and power to write. Write to your city district council member. Write to your mayor. Write to your state representative. Write to your state senator. Write to your federal congressman. Write to the president of the United States. Write to state and federal judges. Write to all the people who are capable of making laws that impact us older folks. Over the next three weeks, I will be recording podcasts about the laws or the lack of laws that impact us older folks directly. These laws or lack of laws are ones with which I have had firsthand experience and they have the power to hurt us older folks and others. They could even kill someone. The people you elect are making laws that affect your most intimate being, your health. So please, for the sake, for your sake and for the sake of future generations, fight ageism. Picture your children and grandchildren as older people getting discriminated against because of their age. Not only do I want you to write your representatives in government, but I want you to stand up to people who are stereotyping and prejudiced and discriminating against you. Start with not allowing people to talk about your age with sweeping generalizations. Move on to not laughing at their jokes about older people and explain why you aren't laughing. And if you have lost your job because of age, there is surely an anti-discrimination office in your community where you can file a complaint. This is serious stuff. Most laws protect people from being taken advantage of by family members, by the way. Unless the courts have made someone your guardian, you are your own boss and you don't have to live where someone else makes you live. You don't have to give them money either. Call the police if someone is trying to take advantage of you because of your age or disability. Call me if you don't know what to do. If I don't know the answer, I will point you to someone who does. Thank you again for listening and learning. Please share this podcast so we can help everyone fight ageism. We must conquer ageism in our own mind and then in our culture to have the best health and quality of life. With that thought, I'm closing and wishing you a week of making happy memories, being a senior superhero. Bye for now. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the last episode. For more information, please go to agingforgraceinfo.org. That's agingforgraceinfo.org. Thank you. The Health Club for Seniors is your kind of place, so come and join us and age with grace.